John the Baptist saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. He is the one of whom I said, A man is coming after me who ranks ahead of me, because he existed before me. I did not know him, but the reason why I came baptizing with water was that he might be made known to Israel. John testified further, saying, I saw the Spirit come down like a dove from heaven and remain upon him. I did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, On whomever you see the Spirit come down and remain, he is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. Now I have seen and testified that he is the Son of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those who are called to the supper of the Lamb. With these words we begin the communion rite in which you, the faithful, approach our Lord to receive him in holy communion, his body, blood, soul, and divinity under the appearance of bread. It is from this moment that we proclaim the truth that John the Baptist proclaims to us in today's gospel. For this is where we draw directly that line that we utter at every single Mass. And if you notice, in my pleasant but powerful baritone voice, I usually elevate a little bit at that moment in the Mass. Behold the Lamb of God. It is because that is the deepest truth of who our Lord is. And for there are Israelite and Jewish listeners of John the Baptist, they would have known what John was talking about. Because to us it seems a little odd calling a man a lamb. But the reason why he is calling Jesus the Lamb of God is because it would have called to mind for them the Paschal Lamb, the Lamb that was sacrificed in order during the Passover so that the angel of death might pass over their household for the Exodus, and then also every single Passover afterwards. It is this Passover Lamb that ultimately is offered year after year for the sins of the Jewish people. And now, here in the fulfillment of time, comes Jesus Christ, our Lord, who dies once and for all for your sins, my sins, the sins of the entire world, because he does indeed take away the sin of the world. And this is the truth of who our God is, of who Jesus is at the core of his being. He was born at Christmas so that he might die for you and for me so that ultimately he might be sacrificed for our sakes, so that we might also share not only in his death, but also in his resurrection, the promise that each of us receives in baptism. It is indeed a great comfort, because just as Jesus comes towards John the Baptist, so too at each and every Mass does he come to us upon this altar, does he come to us in the Eucharist, making himself present, and coming to us his beloved, who are his beloved sons, his beloved daughters, beloved of the Father. He is the one of whom ultimately the entirety of the Old Testament proclaims, prefigures, and foretells. Jesus Christ, our Lord. It is in this gift that each and every Mass, we too have this opportunity to behold the Lamb of God, to entrust ourselves entirely to him, because what would come next in the gospel typically is that John and Andrew follow Jesus. 
and from that moment their life changes forever. And indeed, each and every time, at each and every Mass, as we approach him worthily and Holy Communion, our life changes, and it can change. And I think that this is the great truth also of this proclamation, an invitation, because that is ultimately what we are invited to, is the Supper of the Lamb. The one who sacrifices all for us invites you. But unfortunately, as St. Margaret Mary Alacoque, as St. Faustina foretold for, or had told in many of their visions of our Lord, reported that he told them that he is often disappointed as the faithful approach him in Holy Communion with coldness, with indifference, with a spirit of lethargy. And he indeed desires to bestow so many graces upon his faithful. He desires to bestow grace upon grace upon you, upon me. And I know that this is also a weakness of myself as well. Do I always ask for the graces I need to be a good and holy pastor whenever I receive them in Holy Communion? No. Do I ask them for the grace to be bold but gentle? Oftentimes I fail. And for you, each of you who approach him today in Holy Communion, in a state of grace, I invite you to also reflect on that point. Is there a grace you need to ask for? Because he is not stingy. He does not hold back, but instead wants to bestow it abundantly upon each and every one of you. Do you need the grace to perhaps be more patient with your spouse, your children? Do you perhaps need the grace to be more patient with someone at work, to quit uttering certain words that you should not say, to perhaps be more prayerful, to be more bold in proclaiming the truth of Jesus Christ and the gospel and your work and your everyday lives, or whatever other grace it is for you that you need. I invite you at this Mass, but also at every Holy Communion henceforth, to remind yourself often that our Lord desires to bestow abundant graces upon you, to fulfill those desires that you have in your heart to serve him better. Ask him, and you shall receive. For behold, the Lamb of God, behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are you who are called to the supper of the Lamb.